Hello and welcome along to G'day GA, brought in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit at O'Neill Sportswear AU on Facebook and Instagram. Well, I'm delighted to be joined this evening by John Heenan, a.k.a. Giggles in County Waterford. Yeah, Waterford, Dean, better believe it. We're starting off about five to six minutes late and we're meant to be. Yeah. Waiting wait for Shawnee. Waiting for Shawnee. And Another interruption. And then, and then Giggles was already the his takeaway. Giggles was already his takeaway. Takeaway there. The, the pad tie, you know. Pushing so up the price yeah. of petrol. I'd like to have Shawnee on the line as well. Shawnee, welcome along. Morning, lads. Uh, morning from sunny Melbourne. Yep. Oh, yeah. Lovely and sunny here today as well. Four degrees. Nicky <laughs> Kenny. <laughs> um, just we have we have a good show lined up for you today. We're going to have a look ahead at the fixtures for next weekend. Early preview of the National Hurling League. We're going to have a, a giggles corner. A look at the Melbourne Sevens, how that went down, and also a look back at Congress and some of the changes that that went on there. But firstly, just to pick up giggles a couple of weeks ago, saying that the the immigrants rest is in County Waterford, which is actually not correct. The Immigrants Rest, oh. a, a listener got in touch saying it's in County Tipperary. Um, the border between Tipperary and Waterford goes along by the shore for part, oh. but then cuts in giggles, as you well know, but you tried to play that one off to me and Shawnee that we didn't think we'd pick it up. You go into the Immigrants Rest in Tip for your pints. Yeah, that's a fair point. Look, I can't argue with it. I tried to claim it. Obviously, there's someone... On, on the money that that's uh, calling me out on it. So it's good that people are calling you out on it because you're like, what are shite you spinning us that me and Shani are just falling for? So please do get in touch with us. G'dayGA at gmail.com, at on Twitter and at on Instagram for any more of Giggles's, um fake news around borders or the likes. Um, yeah, so let's let's get into it and let's have a chat about the, the National Horn League and where we're up to. Okay, we do have a great weekend of hurling next weekend. We've got Tip and Watford in Torless Giggles on Saturday night. Giggles will be in Lanzarote though. I was going to bring him along for the tea pass. I'm going to have to go myself. S- Sunday, we've got Kilkenny Dublin. We've got Antrim Leash, Clare Galway, Cork Wexford, Westmead Limerick. And nearly all of them are on telly, bar Westmead and Limerick. Yeah, it's good go going, isn't it? It's, I'd say it's kind of like the league has kind of been a bit of shadow boxing up until now, but I think every game next weekend, bar the Limerick West Me game, everyone's going to have to kind of come out and show a bit of what, they, what they're about. Like if you take high level first, Tip Waterford, Liam Cal coming back to Waterford, Davey's probably going to put out his full championship team to get a run out in Turles. That'll be a very interesting match. Kilkenny Dublin, neither of them are setting the world alight. I think both of them will want a bit of a performance. Both of them are trying a lot of new players, so that'll be a very good game. Clare and Galway, a bit up and down with both of them. Clare showed their hand last weekend. I'm sure Galway will want to get a result. All they've beaten is Westmead so far. Cork Wexford, Corker, sitting on top of the world at the moment. Three wins from three. Wexford are down the doldrums. They look like the worst team at nine at the moment, to be honest. And then I think probably the most interesting game next weekend is Leash and Antrim on the basis that whoever wins that will obviously avoid the relegation playoff with Westmead at the end of the end of the league. So five huge games and then unfortunately I'd say like as good and all as Westmead have played, it'll be a bit of a foregone conclusion with Limerick. Yeah, because just, just for some context, it is seven weeks away till championship. So it's not far. We're into March now. 
the weekend of the 22nd, 23rd is that first round of the round robin in, in Leinster and Munster. So, yeah, I do feel it is going to pick up in the next cup in the next couple of weeks. Given that we're you know we're really you're kind of in your your pre season really now for a championship. Um, I and we're seeing more players come back into the fold like Limerick and Galway last weekend, as an example. Seeing Limerick show a bit more teeth, we saw a bit you know, yeah, more starters come back into play. I think there has been a slight you know twist in where where some of the bigger guns are at. And, and the Limerick one is interesting, right? Because they've got Ian Lynch and Peter Casey, and we probably won't talk about the, the Limerick West Me game too much, but the drama with Ian Lynch is, is, is very interesting. John Kiley won't mention it. He won't even comment. Aaron Gillan, you mean? Aaron Gillan. Who's Aaron Gillan, yeah. Ian Lynch. Keen, oh, yeah, Lynch. I was wondering where you were going there. <laughs> Aaron Gillan is what I meant. Arguably, Limerick might have lost three or two or three of the games that they played last year in the championship if Aaron Gillan wasn't playing. They definitely would have lost the Munster final to Tipperary in 2001 if Aaron Gillan didn't come on at halftime. He's absolutely vital for their attack because he's so good in front, he's so good behind, and he can score anywhere, and he's their goal threat. If he doesn't get back in, and maybe John Kiley will time him nicely, he'll bring him back in for the end of the league, he'll get him training, he'll miss a couple of the Munster games, and he'll peak... All Ireland quarter final, semi final, final, whatever it is. But he's playing soccer at the moment, isn't that correct? He's playing. He's playing soccer at the moment. Yeah, yeah. There's it's a disciplinary matter. Similar. Yeah. What to is the, the drama, Giggles? Can you shed any light on that? I, I, allegedly, right? <laughs> you have to put that word for you to ever get in trouble. But allegedly, it was a similar thing to Pat Ryan. There was a bar fight or something like along those lines, and and he got in trouble over it. So he was dealt with internally. Um, I don't think anyone is commenting on that. But that that seems to be the right. the the laid land that he's been disciplined for doing that. And um, yeah, no need to go any further. We won't go any but further. John Kiley's but John um, like he like it's funny like John Kiley's just straight up saying no comment. Yeah, like he won't even get into it. Like you know, so. And, and but, the, but, but, but this is not the first time McIlhenny either. Like you know, he was yeah. he was been in and out for different things before, and I think that's the big thing for Limerick this year. Can Kiley? Keep the group together to get the four in a row. If he's able to keep the group together, yeah, they'll win the four in a row. But with a few more things like this, there, there'll guarantee to be some other issue would occur with some of those lunatics that they just have on the on the panel. Like you know, he's done amazing to keep him the way he has. I think that'll be his biggest achievement, even more so than than some of the performances yeah. that they've had. Uh, and 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 like with with the fact that Keane Lynch coming back as well, like I mean, you know, they're rightly set for the four in a row. But also on top of that, as well as like they're taking a different approach to the league this year than they did last year. I mean, they, we were, well, I was thinking they were finished last year at this time of the year because they were getting belted by everyone. But they're now putting in like string of performances. You know, they're not absolutely shooting the lights out, but you know they're getting results. And they look like set to just railroad everybody again this year. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's scary the panel they have lads at the moment. Like, and the new guy, the new guys coming in are all slotting in. They're doing it very well. Like, you know, you look at Tipperary and Kilkenny, and Dublin maybe, and to an extent Cork, and they're blooding lots of players at the same time. Whereas you look at the Limerick six lines on the field, and it's nearly always one or two of the stalwarts in that line with one new guy. And that new guy then gets to perform with lots of experienced players. So they, similar to the Kilkenny team back in maybe in, in the noughties, they're not, 
getting a whole pile of new guys thrown in. But I lads, I know it's early days, but I I I I'd be I'd be scared of Limerick already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I just can't see him being touched. You just hope you have to get caught. The only day you want they're going to get caught out really is it's it's the All Ireland semi final or final. Yeah, yeah. They're the two days, and it's, I you you hardly see him get caught in the final. So they're going no. to get through those other games. You just feel now look. Look, there's still a long way to go, and how they go injuries as Galan come back, do one or two. They're like you know, you know, they were lucky last year with Keane Lynch got injured. If you take Keane Lynch and, and Galan out of that team, that is a very different team, you know. So you'd be interesting to see can he can he keep it going? Yeah, um, and and they are in Munster. Like you have to kind of call a spade a spade. Munster is going to be a, like there's two teams not qualifying. We at the moment you, you couldn't imagine it not being Limerick, but. There's four quality teams in there that all have a hop off Limerick, and if they were to lose their first game, just as to say, and Galan wasn't playing, long shot lads, we're we're, we're clutching at straws, but we, we have to have something to touch at. <laughs> yeah, I think I think yeah. I think the other game we're calling out for next next Sunday, aside from the tip game, is probably Clare and Galway. I think I, I think you know Clare rattled in six goals against Wexford there, which was a, f- a massive score to run up. Galway have probably huffed and puffed a little bit. Um, when I I, th- I think Sheffield would r- like to see a, a better a better league from them. I feel like you know they they need to build a bit of momentum. So I think that game up in 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 Cusick Park would be a very interesting one for Galway. I think you know, I think they could be under a bit of pressure going into that. Yeah, um, I think it's it's funny. The Galway forward line just hasn't looked as deadly since Joe Canning has left. For all the talent that they have, Connor Whelan, Evan Nyland, Park, not Park, meaning Carl Mannion, Connor Cooney, and Cannon, they just haven't looked as deadly since Canning left. And while they won the All Ireland seventeen, and he wasn't the one man show anymore, it's hard to see. Where they just they just don't look scary. They don't look threatening like they used to as a Galway team. And maybe like the one thing I'd say looking back on last week against Limerick, and I was looking at their midfielders in particular. Um, I think it was the guy, not Morrissey, Lenan midfield. They look so leggy. I reckon Shefflin is running and training the living crap out of them at the moment. They looked unbelievably leggy. Um, and I think that's a team throughout the league. The whole Waterford winning the league and they're being second best team in the country taking on Limerick and then they go and flop in the Munster Championship is definitely sitting over all the teams at the moment. They kind of have that psychology back in the back of their head. And I think Shefflin was quoted as saying, you'd want to be careful in this league or you might get into a league final two weeks out from Championship. Do you know, kind of uh, a sly remark. A sly remark, yeah. But I look, I, like I remember going to that Waterford-Cork match and like thinking, well, Waterford are hopping. But they should. I. Yeah. I. I don't blame. I don't think it's about peaking too early. Like it's funny, but just peaking too early things. Like I remember Kilkenny back in the day when the league was a different competition. Like Kilkenny playing Tip in league finals in Turles, and their absolute ding dong games like our mm. finals. There was no one holding back back then either. So I kind of yeah. F- but Liam, Liam, Kilkenny got to hop through a poor Wexford and a poor Offaly. And and get into like so no, there was Galway. Go. Galway were in were, were in that at the time, giggles. What I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is, I don't buy the whole thing about not having a good match. Like I is surely for coming into play, starting championship in a couple of weeks. Are you not better be playing 
one of the best teams in the country in a super competitive match than training. I, I just don't buy exactly. that. I just don't buy yeah, that. And like getting ready for championship without without having played another, you know, a solid inter-county team. Like, well, what are yeah. the preparation what you're going to you have? Want, like, like? I mean, yeah. Like, I know you can have, aside from probably Limerick, you know, they could probably do without the league and do in-house, in-house matches and probably a very competitive competition there. But, like, out, you know, outside him, everybody else, like Cork need fucking to be playing strong teams. Um, Waterford need to be playing strong teams. And this mixing and matching in the league probably does work to get blood and fellas in and see, you know, are they potentially going to be on our championship panel? Are they potentially going to be somebody we could use through the summer? Um, but, like, they have to do something. And I'd say what they are doing is they're all targeting different matches and none of them are targeting the same match. And this is why you have the mismatch. Um, that, that's a good but, point. But, but that back, is a good but, point, yeah. But back to Galway, then, like, I mean, you're, you're spot on with Galway. Like, there's no, they're not feared, you know, without Canning. And like Canning does put that on to doubt into fellas' heads. Like when you go and play someone like them, like the likes of Connor Cooney and fellas like this need to be stepping up and, you know, taking on their forward line. But they don't seem to be doing it. And see the Limerick half act line last weekend or two weeks ago. And geez, they just obliterated Galway in that game. And, you know, they came back near the end, but shirt was over at that stage. Yeah, but last last weekend he did rest Connor Whelan, he did rest Concannon, he did rest Evan Island. I, I think he rested Connor Whelan purposely because he thinks Connor Whelan is going to play centre forward. Yeah, seems centre forward. I, think, yeah. I, I like I think, that. I think that's a, I like that as well. Yeah, I like I think he'd be better there. Yeah, he's he's a ball winner. He's a leader. He can score from there, but he can absolutely beat the crap out of the centre back as well. And. Part of it might be him going, him, him going at his own club, mate, and then, and one eye on that down the road to win a Leinster final. Could Richie Reid actually stand up to the physicality of a Conor Whelan? Probably not. Do you know, is that Henry using a little bit of inside information to, to shape his own team? I Probably not, but I think Conor Whelan at centre-forward is a good thing, but I think they, they're, they're, they seem to be lacking a TJ or a Shamie Callan or a Joe Canning up front at the moment. Um, to make them feared or to make them contenders for the Ireland at the moment, in my view. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's fair, and I think that's been the thing with Galway throughout the years was getting them to click. With the you know there was no one who was going to step up after Joe would take on that man. Conor Whelan has, in fairness, he has taken mm, on. Yeah. but there's probably there's not there's no one else with him really. Like he is no. the sole danger man who lights up the place and gets people on their feet. Um, and I, I remember up in today up in uh, up in Galway, Kenny played him in the round robin series, and he only came on and like he caused havoc straight away. He just he just draws people in, and I think yeah, he, he having him out the field does take away from some of his potency. Um, for the trouble he caused him with the goals, but they probably do need that marquee man in at eleven, and I think he will do a fantastic job there this year. Um, yeah, so I think is it fair to say then, if we were, if we do a quick three, you have a power ranking on the league so far. You'd have to say probably Limerick, probably Cl- Cork and Tip, Cork and Tip, yeah. They, like Clare were an O show against Limerick. Yeah. Now they showed their full hand with John Conlon and Tony Kelly starting the last day. And they mm. hammered Wexford, but who knows what Wexford were missing. Wexford aren't able to be missing anyone. And they were missing Rory O'Connor and they were missing Lee Chin. They were missing Matt O'Hanlon. They were missing Liam Ryan. 
they were missing their whole spine. Like basically, you you, you had a, a, an under twenty five Wexford team going out playing Clare, who were pissed off after losing to Limerick, who did by the looks of it didn't want to show their hand to Limerick either, and then brought back Tony Kelly and John Conlon and were in the mood to go and put up a score, and they did, and there were twenty points up at half time. So hard to read into that one. I think Wexford are in a bad spot, to be honest myself. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I think Wexford might be the team that misses out in Leinster if you were going on current form, and if they don't get, like Wexford with the panel they have, have to have perfect health to be competitive and, and and no team will have perfect health in a round robin so I think Michael Donoghue is a shrewd manager I think look it'll be between Dublin and Wexford realistically who gets the third spot in Leinster um, Wexford are playing Cork this weekend Cork won't be happy with just beating Westmead by two goals but we'll see what team they put out this weekend mm. it's interesting because Tip beat Waterford during the, the league, league semi-finals. Cork beat Wexford during the league semi-finals. Kilkenny beat Dublin. They're all both in the league semi-final. Clare win during the league semi-final. That's probably the four. If Waterford beat Tip, it throws a cat among the pigeons between Tip, Kilkenny and Waterford. But uh, I still think that's not many people want to play in that league final two weeks before championship. Yeah, yeah. so those league semi-finals are fixed, I think, for the 25th Four weeks before four weeks before championship, yeah. Yeah, and then the, the league final is two weeks before championship. Two weeks before, as you said. Yeah. yeah, as you said. Yeah. And it it's it's a nasty one because I'd say most teams would love to have the league semi final and have a really good game and maybe lose by a point. <laughs> Do you know? And have a performance and not have to play that two weeks before because could you imagine if it ended up as Waterford and Cork in the league semi final as an example, or whoever? And they're playing again against each other two weeks later in the championship. What a kind of a shadow mm. dance that would be. So I think there's a serious... I, I still think... I, I know you disagree with the whole shadow boxing of the league final and it's still a national competition. I, I'd love if Watford won the league again, to be honest. I think that'd be... And you, I'm Liam, I'm sure you'd love if Kilkenny won it or Shawnee. I'm sure you'd love if Cork won it. But I do think most of the managers in there, John Kiley might be the exception. I kind of feel like, you know what... I don't really care too much about the league. I don't think anyone cares too much about it, but I do. I do. I don't think. I I think Kenny would be delighted to win it. Yes, like I actually, yeah. not, aside from myself, I think Kenny would be delighted to win it. Um, so mm. I think yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out once we get to those league semi-final times. I'm looking forward to seeing how it unfolds in the next three to four weeks. And I think you're right, Liam. This weekend kicks. It, this weekend, next weekend, coming. Obviously, we're we're seven days ahead here, but. Next weekend kicks it off because the first three weeks have been okay. New players, let's see what's going on. It's been a bit of shamazzling around the table, but next weekend's five savage games there to look at. Uh, it will tell a lot. Yeah, hundred percent. We're in for a super Sunday and Saturday night as well in in Turles. So tune in there f- for those games, and we're looking forward to having a look back on on next week's pod. But coming up next now, we do have a uh, giggles corner, first one in a while. Do you ever feel like a misfit? Everything inside you is dark and twisted. Oh, but it's okay to be different. Cause baby, so am I. So am I, so am I. Davey, what was that about? No, there was, there was no tangle, right? It was an off-the-ball incident, right? And I made my feeling like, we've played him now twice. He didn't stay down for no reason, like, and that cost us a score. Right now, I've seen other people come onto the field and make points and be just as animated. Yes, there's one fella I, I'll get sent all the time. 
and I, I don't think it's personally fair myself and if you look at the whole thing I can promise you you'll see more people giving out but that official wanted to make a name for himself and fair play to him he probably did All right, Giggles, what have you got for us this week? Sean, he's so excited, he got up off his chair and walked out. He, he, Shawnee's gone. He doesn't know what's going to be. Yeah, and I, I sent you on a little taster this last week with a spreadsheet. Oh, a spreadsheet, you make yeah. head or tail of it. You sent me a spreadsheet, I looked at it and I turned. I closed it straight away. Yeah, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be any good at the spreadsheets at all. No. So look, do you know what? I've been following the football this year for the first time and I think it's absolutely magic because all of the league counts towards the championship. Right, and I know Congress has been on last week, and there's the debate about the split season, and the round, the league not being valued, and the preseason competitions, and the the round robin, and you're really going from a league into a league. So I said, what if the hurling just took a total different view, and we 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 kind of had a relook at the calendar, thinking about how the football have linked the league with the championship. So I've come up with a new proposed championship league provincial structure that facilitates everybody. You've cracked the giggles. You've cracked, cracked it. And, and the best thing about it is, right, we now have Liam Lenehan at council Congress. who can propose this. Congress. Congress. <laughs> who can propose this and we're, we're, we're away in the hat. I get it through. There's no problem so, there. So, so, so my proposal is, first of all, right, that we have four divisions in hurling. Eight teams in each, nine in division four, right? So when you're division one, you've at the moment on current form over the last two or three years, you've Limerick, Galway, Kilkenny, Waterford, Clare, Cork, Tip, and Wexford, right? Division one. Division two, you've got Dublin, Leash, Offaly, Westmead, Antrim, Kildare, Kerry, and Down. Division three, you've got Carlow, Mead, London, Wicklow, Derry, Mayo, Tyrone, and Roscommon. And division four, you've got Armas, Ligo, Loud, Cavan, Fermanagh, Warwickshire, Donegal, Leitrim, and Monaghan, right? So very structured, like the football, like teams with like teams, unbelievably competitive four divisions. That's just my league structure. So now we go to the calendar, right? So in the months of January to March, from a university perspective, the Fitzgibbon Cup will take place between January and March, right? Right. That's no change there. From a county perspective, we're going to get rid of the pre-season competitions. And at some stage in January or March, don't have to be too prescriptive here, probably February into March, we're going to play the provincial championships. Leinster and Munster championships as they stand at the moment. Maybe Ulster championship as well. Straight, and from knock, a straight knockout? Straight knockout, 100%. Old yeah. school, bring it back. Yeah, old school, bring it back. And if you win your provincial championships, you get a seeding, right? So just keep that in mind for later on. You get a seeding similar like you do in the football at the moment. And from a club perspective, January to March, there's no games going on really. No different to right now, right? Then April to June, we kick off. University, there's nothing. We've got 11 to 12 weeks in the months of April, May and June. And in this, there's going to be seven weeks of league matches plus one league final. So think about it, right? Just take Division 1 for a second. You'll have Limerick versus Galway, Kenny versus Wadford, Clare versus Tip, Cork versus Wexford, home and away. And change that scenario by seven over the next seven weeks. So Limerick versus Kilkenny, Galway versus Wadford, yeah. Clare yeah. versus Cork, Tip. Savage matches. 
the average matches week on week on week. And Division two, Leash versus Westmead, Offaly versus Antrim, Kildare versus Down, all competitive. You play a league final at the end of it. Sorry, question is there relegation? Yes, there is. Yeah, one team goes down, one team goes up. Yeah, okay. Top, right. top, so winner of the league in Division two goes up, and last team in the one goes down. Correct. So if you're looking at current form and the way I've put the eight there, Wexford will get relegated, Dublin will get promoted, right? right okay. and, and and it makes it savagely competitive. It, mean, it means there's no dead rubbers. The last game of the of the league might decide whether Clare, Waterford, Kilkenny, Wexford finish bottom, Dublin, Leash, Offaly finish top. So unbelievable matches. Top two into the final in each group just to play a league final. And at the same time then, the club, the county boards have to ensure that the league start minus their county players. So leagues have to kick off in earnest in April in the in the counties, minus their county players. Liam is shaking his head now because the Kilkenny League is the only league in the county in the country that matters at the moment because and they get their county players released first. But just think differently for a second, Liam, right? Okay, keep going. So then we get into July and August, right? Obviously there's nothing in the university we're done at that stage. Then we've got the inter county championship knockout. And this is seeded, right? So if you've won your provincial titles from back in February and March, you get seeded in terms of one, two, three, four, and you get straight into a quarter final. So now I'm going to divide the top 12 teams, obviously the top eight in Division One and the next four in Division Two, into the Liam McCarthy. The next eight, the bottom four in Division Two, top four in Division Three, go into the Joe McDonough. The next eight go into the Nikki Christy Ring, Christy Ring, and the next five or six, whatever's left, goes into the Nicky Record. <clears throat> so we'll stick with Liam McCarthy, right? Not to complicate the whole segment. So at Inter County, the top four teams in the league, the top the provincial championship champions, and if they're the same teams, the top four in the league get straight into a quarter final. So let's say, for example, uh, Limerick, Kilkenny. The joint two provincial championship. I haven't talked to that. They get into the they get into the quarterfinals, and let's say they finish one and two in the in division one as well. Then Kilkenny and Waterford who finish three and four straight into a quarterfinal. Right. Then you've got the next four teams in division one seeded against the next four teams in division two in a prelim quarterfinal direct knockout. So championship match knockout. Everything's on the line. Humdinger no. games. The winners go play the quarterfinal. The rest is, is easy to follow. Then semi-final, final, all knockout. But it means that from April to June, you've got savage league matches and a really good league final. July to August, you've got helter-skelter championship knockout teams playing really high-quality games against each other. At the same time in the club, league continues minus the county players until the county is knocked out, at which stage they can filter back into their clubs as the counties get knocked out. Then you've got August, September and October. You've got no county, you've no university, and you've got the club championship going on for three months in every county in Ireland. And then in November to December, you've got no university. From a county perspective, we'll play the Railway Cup in those months. And also, you've got the Provincial and All-Ireland series taking place over six or seven weeks in November, December, right up to Christmas. Lads. You've cracked the keels. But one thing I'll say, why, why, if the All-Ireland final this year is not like 22nd of July, which I think it is, or it's late July, right? It's, it's got put, been pushed back. Why do you have to start the leagues in the counties when this season, the split season, is starting in all, is essentially August anyway? 
Why wouldn't, so you, why, you, why wouldn't you keep your clubs? Why wouldn't you just keep that part as is? But, but your focus very much on an insular uh, league championship in Kilkenny that's run really well at the moment, right? So I, I can't I can't knock you for, for focusing on, on trying to defend the Kilkenny league championship bases. But in the majority of counties in Ireland, the league gets zero merit. And what that leads to is club players in from April to June for a lot of the summer if you think about it right people are talking about extending the championship into August which is what we've done here from a county perspective people don't place mass on the league and that means club players don't have anything to go for in the whole summer months from April to thing and they're they're playing these sham games whereas at least if it's called out at the very start that the league is minus your county players club Clubs can continue to train and build towards something meaningful in the same period that the county players are playing and you've got a side-by-side county championship, county league, club championship, club league. Do you know what I mean? That actually can run side-by-side as opposed to, oh no, we have to wait for the county lads to come back. And someone like Kilkenny who are... When did you have the club county championship? Kicking off in August. So you've got August, September, October. You have twelve weeks. That's what's happened this year. Club championship. And yeah, I I think it's I think I like it, Gilles. I do like it. And, and to, the the main thing you take away on this lads is right. We focus on the club part a, a little bit. The main part of it is April, May, and June. Seven weeks of unbelievable league matches in every division, competitiveness wise, and a league final. That what is what we're experiencing in the football at the moment, like Mayo versus Kerry. Armagh versus Tyrone, you know, these type of games, but actually bringing them out of the winter and putting them in spring, summer before you go helter skelter into your knockout old school, Anthony Daly, Davy Clark, you know, Mick Fenley style championships that we all love and miss and kind of enjoyed when COVID came back. So you get the best of everything. You need to write it up, Giggles, and you need to put it in now. Have you done the transfer to St. Mary's in Clonmel yet? Oh Jesus! Liam, Liam, that's that's. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm considering retirement. I'm considering playing junior B with Liz Moore. I'm considering nothing else. <laughs> oh, you're not going to transfer. Uh, I, I, I'd say you have Gale Force Force to mind that. No, because I see you need to put the motion in via the club that you're with. You see, so would it go via Liz Moore into Congress? That's what I'm saying. I, I'm going to go via Gadejia through Liam <laughs> Lenahan into straight up to the man, the main guy. Like that's. That that's yeah. what I'm looking at. I, yeah. I, I I've got a direct I've got a direct avenue in there now. Lee. Yeah. Okay. That's a fair point. Fair point. No, I think it. I, I, I'm not sure if you know a county like a county like Cork, their championship would start in August and they'll be like getting finished. So do, I don't do, think do, it would. Sure, work. It start, it's starting in August this year, anyway, Shawnee. It doesn't. Isn't they start in April, May? No, but the championship. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Start, they, that's the whole thing. They, they started on the twenty. All championships this year. Oh, no they started in July. Yeah, but the All Ireland has yeah. been pushed out this year. That's what we're saying. The All Ireland this year is, it, yeah, is pushed awesome. out another two yeah, weeks. So okay. it's the twenty second right. of July. So, like, you could yeah. be starting the championship on the week after, which is the last week and weekend yeah, of July. Yeah, okay. right. And what you know, yeah. That's it's, no, it's no, well done. I'm, I'm uh, unbelievably excited about it. I just have to get it through Congress now. <laughs> <laughs> what a lot of Yeah, it won't be the first time that you've uh, that you've cooked a, a vote on something. So you just have to start to start working now quickly. 
get your get get your delegates lined up. But um, yeah, get feedback in on that, please. Gadeji at gmail dot com, Gadeji at Twitter and Instagram. I do think there is, like, I do like the idea of the provincials still being played, the league meaning something that it impacts on the championship. But you're you know there's no kind of dead rubber games, and especially relegation back down to the league impacts you as well because if you can relegate out of the league you're less likely to be seeded in for those quarter final games and you're playing poor quality teams and your whole yeah. thing suffers it, it's, it's a big thing to be especially given that there's if you if you count Dublin in the top nine right and the, you probably should right to be fair to them there is probably nine teams at a different level to the next sorry there's Limerick at the very top then there's an eight right <laughs> Galway, Kilkenny, Waterford, Clare, Tip, Cork, War. Now the puck of the ball between them down to Dublin. And then there's a gap to the next gang. So if you're that team in ninth, you're playing in Division 2, it could have a serious effect on you. Yeah. So it, it makes it very competitive. But I just think the idea of April, May and June, all those quality games. And like the thing that frustrates me about this league at the moment, and I don't see how it changes, to be honest, but Tip, Waterford, Kilkenny and Dublin are always in their group, right? boring at this stage like it bought Dublin and Waterford drew two week, two two years in a row Waterford might be tip Kilkenny might be Waterford and then there's two lesser teams and then on the other side there's a bit more appetite in there but it's still like there's there's no there's no avenue to mix up the two no, groups actually there's, there's nothing yeah I agree um whereas you have the eight teams oh man it would just be unbelievable and you home and away games right you're going up to Salt Hill Waterford going to Salt Hill Clare coming down to to to, to Farfield, going down to Parky Cueve, going up to Nolan Park, like the the economics of it as well for the economies of those big towns and cities. Class. Yeah. All right, we'll get the feedback in. We like the sound of it here in Gaday GA. Sean, he's just caught the numbers up there on his phone, so he's going to crunch some stats for us and come back to us for the for the next segment. Come next, Sean. He's your saving now is the seven, so hope you're a bit more awake after getting your coffee there. Um, let's yeah, hear how we're it ready went. to go. Here we go. It's always, you know, great to, you know, to say that you walk the steps of Crow Park and you lifted the McCarthy Cup, like, and, but, you know, we never changed one bit from the day we started, let's say, our first game with, with Glenmore. Going back to your locals and the people that you're brought up with and you're reared with, and there's, there's nothing like going back there, like. It wasn't a fancy open top bus line, I think we had Duggins, Richard Duggins lorry, and up on the back of the lorry and off down. It's just lovely country, and a few bonfires. Shawnee, the sevens was coming up is it two weeks ago this weekend? Two weeks ago, yeah. yeah. This weekend, yeah. So look, just for people who haven't tuned in before, I'll give you a bit of a bit of an intro. It was was it the, the biggest and best sevens you've ever seen? I think around four thousand people down in Gaelic Park in in Melbourne and yeah, it looked unbelievable. Yeah. It looked unbelievable. Yeah. The footage I saw. A, bump, a bumper crowd. Um all, all influenced by a massive, um, massive influx of Irish people over to the shores of Australia this year. Um, clubs are at record numbers. Um, we're struggling to have, you know, you you remember the, the reserve or the oval that we use for for our club, Gary Rowan. Um, we're struggling to actually have training down there because there's so many numbers across all the four codes. Um, we're trying to stagger times now again in training. But no, I look back to the sevens. It was. It was a huge crowd. I think there was there's talks of anything between five and six thousand people down there on the day. 
Um, the whole competition is run over one day. It's all seven-a-side tournament. Um, we had um, all coats playing. Um, Gary on ourselves in the hurling. We had two games to play in the group. There was five people in the group. You had to win your two games and then hope that it'd be enough to get through to the semi-final. Only one team goes through to the final. We were up against um, Sinn Féin the first game. We won by 12 or 13 points. <clears throat> had a bit to spare. Second game was against Perth Shamrocks. Um, we wiped the floor with them. I think we won by, I don't know, anything up to 28, 29 points. And then it came down to uh, St. Pat's from Sydney, who had actually Connor Brown and Paddy Foley from uh, Kikini and Wexford, respectively, um, playing with them. They had to win their second game against the same team, Perth Shamrocks, by more than 31 points. Uh, they won the game by 33 or 34 points, so that meant oh, we were out. Fuck. So oh. having, having, you know, did the job we went down there to do and did it, you know, respectively very well, you know, having had comfortable victories, we were out for the day. So unfortunately, we had to sit it out and, and watch the, the semi-finals unfold. Shani, was there any slack point in, in either of those two games where you kind of lost... She's no, been um, best three minutes there now, and we kind of. So I would up, say, but. you know, you always, you always kind of sit back and say, "What have we done this? What done that?" Like the part, the part Shamrock game, we we knew we had to win by a big score, so we just kept piling it on all the time. Yeah. But I would say you'd probably go back to the Sinn Fein game. We probably left in two goals just after half time um, in that game, which you know was something that shouldn't have happened. Definitely one of those goals, and then you kind of look back to things like that. But look, um. Other than that, no, we, we went out, you know, you, you go to win your two games, you did that, and we did that, you know, comfortably in the two games, which was disappointing. And you kind of just say, geez, if we just got to play St. Pats and, and had it out against them, you'd know who was the better team then. Uh, but anyway, look, Pats went through. They beat Melbourne Shamrocks in the semi-final and got to the final, and we were looking at um, an all-Sydney final. Um, St. Pat's and uh, Carl McNallens, who won it last year, who beat us in the final last year. Um, they were going for back to back, and a very tight game. It was point for point all the way through. Um, but then St. Pat's got a, a, I think it was a free or a penalty. They got a goal, and we said, oh, that could be it for Pat's. And it's a resulting from the same puck out. Carl McNallens went up, up the field and scored a goal, and they seemed to push on from there then. Um, I, I took a video of it as I was sitting on the sideline, which actually got made its way to Joe.ie. So I just showed the crowd that was there watching the hurling final, like you know, by the by the clubhouse there, down yeah, in Gaelic yeah. Park, where where that everybody can watch the games there. It was backed up with uh, I'd say over I probably there was a good at least two thousand people watching the hurling final. Um, it looked like a rave was, as opposed to a, yeah. as, 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 as a hurling match. It looked well, as you know, like when teams get knocked out at the start of the day, you know, or middle of the day, they, they head into the tent for a couple of beers and, and you know, the, the music comes on in and it's absolutely rocking. And I remember going to referee the semi-final. I was refereeing Melbourne Shamrocks and St. Pat's and Conor Brown came up to me and he goes, geez, I'd love to be over there now. <laughs> like, and I just thought um, it was, it was rocking, lads. It was... It was an absolutely belter of a weekend. Can, can you give us a flavour of some of the other, I suppose, big names that were playing it from a hurling point of view, Shawnee? Yeah, well, Connor you had... Brown, Paddy Foley. You Connor Brown, Paddy Foley with St. Pat's. You had Chris Cumry with uh, Michael Cusacks. You had the two Bennets, 
um, Shane and um, or is it Shane or Stephen? Shane and Kieran, yeah. Shane and Kieran, they're playing with Melbourne Shamrocks here. Um, we were we we're actually up against the, today um, later on the first league game. Um, so you had a wealth of them, and then on the ladies' side, you had all the AFLW stars were playing: Vicky Wall, Aileen Gilroy, uh, Joanne Doonan, um, Claire Fitzpatrick, uh, Shemeg McGoldrick. They were Jeez, all playing well. the ladies' football as well. Like so, um, I probably missed out one. Anya Teague is another one. They were they were all playing. A lot of them were playing with Pierce, and some were playing with Sinn Féin. But yeah, look, it was it was really a spectacular event. It's gone. It was gone to the stage now where like even the grounds out there is probably too small for the crowd that was out there because you had the Serbian soccer center next door, who actually hosted a lot of the the games as well. Um, and just just going over the winners for the day. I mean, intermediate men's football was you know a new club called Young Melbourne, which I'm involved with with the kids. Um, their 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 men's football team actually won the intermediate Did football they? and I yeah, yeah, and they actually had Michael Gibbons who played with Carton uh, about a year or two ago. He actually lined up for Young Melbourne this year. He was a small forward with a uh, Carton Football Club here. Um, He's a big forward in, with Young Melbourne. <laughs> no, he actually he actually wasn't. He's still a small forward there. And uh, and uh, you had the intermediate ladies. Gary All won that. Um, the men's senior football, Gary Owen, senior footballers won that. I think it's a fourth year in a row. Four in a row, yeah. So Fair they're goal. just the aristocrats of, of uh, football out here at the moment. Uh, nobody can touch them. Um, and then the the ladies' football, Sinn Féin actually beat St. Kevin's in the final of the, the ladies' football. Um, I, heard, I, heard, I, heard, I, heard a, I heard a story that St. Kevin's had 140 girls down training. Yeah. That's a fact. They had, <laughs> they were, they had given our, um, our ladies or the young Melbourne ladies football team actually some of the St Kevin's girls gone over playing with them as well because there's just too many numbers. The the numbers are astronomical. It's just hard to fathom. I mean, the first night I went down hurling train this year, giggles. There was forty two people there, yeah. forty two hurlers, hurlers. But uh, yeah, look, the senior ladies football, Sinn Féin won it again. Trish Milhenfi has probably got. And probably a fifth or sixth, seventh medal at this stage. Um, she's from Fermanagh, and you also had Joanne Doonan was with the and Clara Fitzpatrick who play AFLW here as well. Um, and the um, and the Camogie went to the the Super Pats. You know, Pats always bring down a bumper crowd, and they didn't disappoint this year. They were the loudest. Liam's favorite club. Liam's favorite yeah. club. Liam's number yeah. two. Yeah, no, no, great time for St. Pats up in Sydney. We all do. We have the jerseys. We all have the jerseys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're the loudest, I'd say, crowd down there again yeah. this year. Um, and then, and then the obviously, Carl McNallan's doing the back to back and the hurling, and they'll be they looking to follow back up. Who won? Oh, Sinn Fein won before that, they beat us in the yeah. final, yeah, 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 and then yeah. we, won we won the year before four. that, and yeah. then Wolf Holmes won the year before that. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, look, I was just, we've been several gigs, I've said this, but we'd love to have been out there for the weekend. Before we even saw what it looked like, you'd just love being in Melbourne for that weekend. And, um, yeah. you know, seeing this, the size of it this year and the scale that it's never been before, it's never got to that size. It's amazing to see. I know it was a record breaker for Power Pierce in terms of the number of teams who entered. Never mind the crowd who was just, that was down there and the sun blazing as well and the music going and all this. Yeah, it's just a, just a fantastic day. I don't think there's any other day I really like it in World GEA in terms of a kind of a, like a, in a country where everyone comes together for, 
the the level of com- you know of competition and the standard that is played in all the codes. I think you know people yeah. get blown away would be blown away by that part of it, especially with some of those names that we mentioned as well. I, I really know, Liam, Liam, I'm after going to go back here now to my Giggles corner. We'll have to make a tweak. We'll have to bring in either the Clamel Sevens or the Kilkenny Sevens. We'll have to get that in <laughs> mid mid May May Bank know, on the yeah. weekend. Yeah, it is unique. Imagine. Like it's it's <laughs> such a like it's such. I mean, look, you you take it seriously in the games, like. But I mean, it's such a you know wide you know wide event for all the clubs that you can bring all your club, get them involved, and they're all together in the one day. You know, no matter the code and no matter the gender yeah. or whatever like that. It's you know, it's. it's it's a, it's a day. brilliant day as a club, like, um, and Patrick Pierce's. I mean, the amount of preparation, and you know, it's all voluntary, obviously. Like, but the, the time people spend setting that place up, getting things right, you know, That's they bring massive. in, they obviously bring in caterers there, like Jimmy O'Neill's catering down there. Jimmy they O'Neill's ran the bar there. themselves, I believe. Um, I know the Gary O'Neill Nines competition. They brought in the cross from St Kilda, and they actually ran the bar for them, That's but. Um, I, I I didn't even see the bar to be honest, lads. At the sevens, I didn't. The crowd, the the queues in and out of the clubhouse. That was outrageous, yeah. Like it was scandalous. It was absolutely scandalous. But Shawnee, do you know do you know what's interesting? And may, maybe we were touching it. It's it's probably the best weekend in the calendar of Melbourne, like bar none. Yeah. Like it's bigger it than is. the championship finals, to be honest. Suppose right. You're in the height and of summer. You're in the yeah. height of summer. It's you've got all the new people coming over before they go farm work or before they go travelling. But the hardest part of it then is right. You said you had 42 hurlers down and the, the Kevin's girls had 140 yeah. girls. How many How many people can you pick for the panel? Yeah, 14. 14. So you have to like, disappoint yeah. 28, yeah, if I'm doing my maths right yeah. there. Gary Owen hurts. And, and the best thing about it is in, in the good clubs, we've always had it at Gary Owen, was you'd have all those hurlers out cheering you on because yeah. they, they, they know the best. Like There's been savage competition through training then you've had the nines weekend where you split the teams and everyone's going for the, their their positions and there's unbelievable competition and there's always two or three who are nearly there very disappointed and but nearly everyone gets behind the club then and but it, that's very hard isn't it like that that's one of that's one of the other memories that i always kind of remember that like jesus such and such didn't make it he must be good yeah. It is. And or like such and such had, with Gary on for eight years and he didn't make it this year because yeah. we such and such come over and he's a county player and it's, it's hard but you, 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 as you said it there the thing that triggered it with me was when you're playing you don't even see the beer sometimes right? especially if you've no. been out there for long because you're so focused on trying to win this competition that is so hard to win um, but it's hard it's hard on all the clubs and managers in particular it is when you're and trying a lot, to pick that you 14. talk to a lot of managers and they say like I hate the, I hate the sevens for the fact of like what it does to the group yeah. it, it kind of fractures the group a little bit at the start of the year because you've had such you know you're able to put out the two teams in the nines so you're able to cater for nearly everybody but then you come to the sevens and you have to like really chop down in the middle of that and just push aside you know a group of players but you're trying to keep them involved in, as you said, to support and support the team, support the club, which you do do. You do get that, um, but they always feel like you know they're not part of the group or whatever like that because they didn't make the fourteens. And there's always that lulled in just after the sevens where fellas don't have that that motivation is taken away a little bit where to you know mm-hmm. to come down training because they did, they weren't under fourteen. And we we actually had 
a couple of injuries after the nines, which ruled out some of our very good players as well to make the sevens, um, which didn't help us either. But at the same time, yeah, it's it's yeah. so it is at the, the same best time. You, you, yeah. you, you won your two games by combined forty points, and you didn't make yeah. it to the semi final. No, yeah. you can't, you can't, you can't legislate yeah. for that. No, and Shawnee no. at at forty one. There was a couple of young lads who must be looking up thinking, how the hell does this 41-year-old keep going yeah. and keep making the panel ahead of everyone else? <laughs> What's the secret? The la- that could be the last one. No, it's, uh, We've I, heard that I, before, Shani. We've heard that before. Like, this ter- after the Perth Shamrocks game, I was like, I didn't know how I was going to play if we got to the semi-final. But, yeah, I'm out for the first round of the league now this this weekend because of it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's there's not too many more sevens left to me. It's a it's a grueling day, like no, I, I mean, it's an endurance event. You, it's not a it's not it's, a hurling tournament. It's an endurance event. But it's and it's not even endurance either because endurance you're kind of staying at that level all the time. Whereas this you're going, you're you're going up to two, you know hundred yeah. skyrocketing for ten, so maybe twenty thirty minutes, then back down again to zero, and you're waiting along for you know whatever your wait time is, and then you're going back up again to two hundred again. And back down again. And uh, it's that waiting around. It's going to the well, coming back again. And going to the well, coming back again. It's That just wears you down over the day if you progress. And the worst part of the sevens when you're playing is the warm-up in games two, three, and four. Oh, stop. You're always just trying to get your like, legs going again. And get going. And, yeah. and it's yeah. 35 degrees and you're getting burnt mm. in the back of your neck. Uh, look, anyone, anyone who wins the sevens knows what it feels like because... Most teams who, who who win it have lost a few before they've won it, right? And they, they've yeah. built a team and, and or they've built they've, and McAllen's were the same, we were the same, Wolf Tones were the same, Sinn Fein were the same. It's, like you could have a, a you could have win. your first game in the morning at eight thirty. You might not play yeah. the final until half five yeah, it's a lot of in the evening. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. like that'll just tell you what you have to do over the day. No, I do think and you, I you, do think Pierce's are bringing out a video. I don't think it's done yet that kind of three or four minutes of the whole day so we will share the link on that Johnny on G'day GA on the Instagram because it'll be worth just pe- from people in here just to have a look to see it, some of that footage oh we definitely will when it's, yeah. all, when it's all yeah. when it's all stitched together it, it, it's, it's definitely worth checking out because you do it's, you do get a good sense of it from, from that I'll put up a post today's episode with some of the clips from the from the Pierce's um, pictures and stuff like that yeah Oh, I do, yeah, I do. Cause there's some great, there's some great picks there. Um, okay, that's the sevens for a wrap for this year. We we were hoping to get on a couple of players that were playing up in Sydney. We might get them on again as as the year goes on. Didn't work out for us last week because Giggles was too tired through the podcast last weekend, so it didn't happen. But we are <laughs> here ourselves saying that we're coming up in the air, so we're going. To, we are going to quickly cover off uh, on Congress, and and then we are going to finish up. Okay, so we had the Congress was on, I think, was it two weeks ago now? I can't even remember. Was it two weeks ago or was it last week? Two weeks ago, Liam, I'd say you were up there. Yeah, two weeks ago. I was at Congress two weeks ago as one of the Australia's um, delegates, um, Friday and Saturday. And it was it was fascinating to see how it all how it all played out in terms of the machinations of it, um, and in particular some of the hot topics, which ha- do have flow on effects for for this year in particular. At, I suppose some of the underage um, 
things. One thing I suppose just from a, a provincial point of view, Giggles, me and him had a few, few messages over and back, was around kind of lining up the Munster Championship and the Leinster Championship to make it kind of more similar in terms of this whole thing that if Kerry were to win uh, mm. the Joe McDonough, that they will now go into the Munster Championship instead of going into Leinster with the bottom place team in Munster being relegated if Kerry were to go through. But only if Munster had six in it. So only if Munster had six in it, correct. Yeah, so they don't. They, it'll be the Leinster team will get relegated at the moment as it's Correct, currently because they're six in Leinster. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, which is, which is actually a good way to do it on the current balance of things. Yes, it was, and it, mean, yeah. it took a while for Giggles to get his head around it. And then I was texting, I was like, "I'm not texting anymore. I'll just talk to you when I see an X because it was just too hard." Shine just didn't get it at all. He's reading his phone there now. He's looking up something else. But yeah. it was interesting that that one did sail through like like ninety five percent um on the day there was no there was no real thing I suppose the one which had a bit of momentum behind it was to get the underage to get minor back to under eighteen um at inter county level um which you know we've seen in the last few years the under obviously under seventeen was what what minor is now at um and it was coming from Kerry to do this and they were did Kerry had two motions one was to bring in minor at under 18 inter county level but also to decouple uh, you couldn't play f- for an adult team until unless you were 18 the year before so that was going to mean as well you were decoupling the minor inter county hurling and football championship from the club championship so they wouldn't be affected by by each other that so was it was a, taking the same rule as it is now where you can't play a minor but bringing it up a year yes yeah yeah okay. so 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 that would mean then is that you could you're 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 your inter-county minor championship was not going to affect your adult competitions if you had a player involved with a county panel, which which made sense. But that was defeat. The first motion was defeated for the decoupling, which then meant that the inter the, the minor one was unlikely to get up, which was interesting to see how the knock-on effect on that. Now, interesting what the GA did. They were the GA themselves were dead against going back to under eighteen. They brought the, the, the president Larry McCarthy before the motion was voted on brought up a a doctor to present on um, burnout, injuries, how all, how awful it would be if we went back to under 18. Similarly, they, they did another presentation about how all the fixtures would be ruined. So they completely just, you know, threw all this onto all the delegates and it was just defeated. They gave out the, they gave out the Kool-Aid, Liam. They gave out the Kool-Aid. Out like, the Kool-Aid. But it, it was crazy because, <laughs> you know, it really did impact yeah. it. And I was, it was the Kerry... Delegates had proposed this. I was sitting beside the Kerry delegate who had proposed it just by chance, and he was absolutely raging. Now, when he saw this guy up to present, because he had no idea that this presentation was going to happen, the president of the GA has a right to call up anyone he wants to make a presentation, and he doesn't have to give any notice to anyone. So that was kind of an interesting <laughs> thing seeing that play out. He was like, the fucking prick! The fucking prick! He was going absolutely mad. But do you know, going back to the core root of it, right? I, I think there's good merit in keeping under 17 and keeping players under 17 from playing at senior level, right? I think there's a lot of merit in that. Uh, it does help the fixtures. I don't know how many times over the years, oh, geez, we can't play a senior club match, championship match, because so-and-so is playing for county correct, minors. Correct. Right, yeah. And but there is the, the burnout. Ca- the the carry b- motion, if the two of them uh, had got up, I, would, I have, would have dealt with that. But, but and, and I, I think the burnout thing is right, but, Bring it to under 18 
and keeping the minors away from senior at that stage, I don't agree with. I think a player is old enough, and I think in the smaller rural clubs, they yeah. need players yeah. at under 18. What I think is the solution on this is to do away with the under 20 tournaments and to bring in under 19 as the minor grade, right? Yeah. So you're actually shifting it to the right, not shifting it to the left. And the under 19 championship gets played before the All-Ireland final. Because if you think about it, at school's level, it's all under 19 now, right? Yeah. So, and this under 20 thing has been a disaster at club and county level. And they've brought in stupid rules to say you can't play county senior if you're playing under 20 senior. And it likes a Carrock daily. And, and uh, one of the Limerick lads there, Carl O'Neill, couldn't play for the under 20 disaster. There's Sean Og, he's in, he's in after making another coffee for Sean, Shawnee. <laughs> what, what I think you got to get rid of under 20, bring it back to under 19. Under 19 is then minor. This whole argument of the leaving cert is absolutely redundant. Whether you're under 17, under 18, under 19, you're going to affect some players at some stage with the leaving cert. So you, you just have yeah. to get on with it. And sport is known. But that's not even good. on the but that's not even on the cards now, Doggy Gills. It's funny. Like, no, I know, you know, I know, I know that. I know that. I, I I'm just I'm just throwing in my uh my, my second motion for next year's Congress for you, Liam, right? <laughs> uh that we're gonna go forget about under twenty, under nineteen, and that's minor, and they're allowed to play senior. Once you're out once you're out of under seventeen, I think in 99.9% of cases, the majority of under-17s won't be able to play senior hurling at the moment, the way the physicality's gone. Re- realistically, Joe Canning, going back in the day, under-15, he won an all-hurling club. He's the freak, right? He's yeah, the yeah, exception. Yeah, yeah. Um, at the moment, under-17s aren't getting a look in at their club senior level, no matter what club they're at. Yeah. But under-19s could be the really good good age because there is a massive drop-off between under-17 and under-20 because the under-20 is such a sham at the moment. Yeah, I know. And I think yeah, there was a follow-on motion if the other ones had got up was to bring it back to the under-21, was to actually restore back to under-21. If it got back to under-18, it got in, there was another motion to put under-20 up to under-21. Yeah. So yeah, because yeah. some of those failed, then they all failed. Kerry actually withdrew the one then to bring it to under-21 because they felt going from under-17 to under-21 was too big of a... Too big of a gap. Big of a gap. Yeah. So it's just interesting to see how, how, how that played out. The other interesting one, which affects all counties, was around um, the ability to, for, to, to re- restore, we'll say, the under 12, under 14, under 16, under minor at club level within counties. Now, this kind of got bypassed at Congress because the Central Council brought in a motion that each county can decide what way it wants to run its own club ages. Which... Yeah which I think is an absolute disaster. So what that means now, in Kilkenny now this year, we have 13, 15, under 13, under 15, under 17. Next year, potentially, Kilkenny could go back to under 14, under 16, under 18 at club level in Kilkenny. And you could have Waterford doing 13, 15, and 17. You could have Cork doing 14, 16, and 18. You're going to have different counties around the country that's playing at, at different ages. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a joke. Now. Kilkenny actually had a motion to bring it in that it Bring it back to the same around the country, 14-16 minor, but it was defeated because central, the argument was, no, each county can decide themselves now. So I yeah. feel like that's, I don't like that you can actually have different ages in different counties. It doesn't make sense. What will the impact on that be going forward for those counties, whichever way they decide to go, it'll be interesting to see. I look, it wasn't the, the, the juiciest of congresses in terms of some of those, you know. There was nothing, there was not meeting there, was there? There was any? not really meeting in there, but those underage ones, I suppose, at the club level and how they yeah. play out were, I suppose, probably the, you know, the most significant ones. And they spent nearly over an hour on those, on that under-18 one in particular. 
Um, Gerald Burns obviously got elected president in in a landslide, which I think you know was universal. I think in terms of everyone, in terms who, of who would you vote for? I can't say. Can't say. Can't say. Can't say. Sworn secrecy. Um, but I think he'll be. I think he will be a great, a great president. Um, and good riddance to to Larry McCarthy is what I'd say. Uh, he like. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I I think he's been shocking. And That's even, fired. And even seeing him in action at Congress. With some like you, you put your hand up as a delegate, you get to speak, you know, and the way he spoke. You to speak? Some, no, I didn't speak. I didn't speak. I was tempted, <laughs> I was tempted, I. Uh, I didn't speak. Sorry, 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 yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, <laughs> But he cut down some of the delegates because he thought they were talking too long, even though you're allowed a certain length of time. And I mean, like he at one stage will say, "Giggles, you were talking," and he was like, "This, giggles, precise and concise, please." Both of them. Jesus. You know, like it was, and it was really cutting. Yeah. You know, another time he goes, yeah. "Get to the point, please, giggles." Like I was like, "Get fucked!" He, like he, you know what I mean? He's a, he's, he's, a, he's yeah, but he's an act. Congress, like so it says, you're going on all day talking and listening to fellas. Like, tough, tough shit. That's the job he signed up for, and this is the place oh, where these God. people get to go. That's the former of Sh- Shawnee, whether you like it or not. I agree. Some people do draw on, but the way yeah. he spoke to some of them. It just you know what? wasn't it, wasn't it, right. It, it, and one leg got up from the north was brilliant. And he, he, I don't know where he was from, I think it was Tyrone, he was speaking on something. And in fairness, he wasn't rambling on or anything. And your man goes, precise and concise. He said it again. He goes, excuse me, this is my first time talking. I haven't it's said very anything. condescending. Yeah, it, it's it? super condescending. And, and then he goes, oh, sorry, apologies, apologies. It just doesn't give off a good vibe. Like, you, you have to... He, you, he's, he's a shit president. He's a shit president. Yeah, I, I give, yeah. He's a useless president. And what about... The, the, what's the director general's name at the moment? What's his name? Tom Ryan. Now, I, have I to, won't I'd, speak ill of him. I met him over here, lads. I think he was a lovely man. Larry, Larry McCarthy. McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was over in a junket, just fucking playing around. I've yeah. seen nothing over in Australia. Yeah, but we liked Aegon as well, Liam, because he came on our podcast, you remember, like, and he, he, he did the same reputation now as Larry, to be fair. I would have had Larry in the podcast, so Liam flicked off over to Ireland, took all the gear and never thought <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> But come here, between Tom Ryan and Larry McCarthy at the moment, lads, we're not blessed with great leadership at the moment. I'll be honest with Tom Ryan. I would have said Tom Ryan, the world's most boring man, right? Like, absolutely <laughs> not in tomb, right? I would have actually rather Liam Sheedy got that job than Tom Ryan. I can't believe I'm saying those <laughs> words. But I do actually think Liam Sheedy had more go on him. However, when Tom Ryan got up and spoke and did his address, I actually thought, thought he was quite good. Like, he, he he just doesn't come out that often. You don't ever really see him speaking. And he, he had to speak at that and he had to answer questions. I actually was quite impressed with him. He's not like... He's not pulling up trees as I said to Shine there a couple of weeks ago in terms of <laughs> of, of, of his demeanour or his character like you know what I mean he's not a trailblazer but I actually think he's actually quite good I had a different opinion of him after after being at, at Congress but the big okay, takeaway yeah. for me for Congress was on the Friday night before the presidential vote yeah, all, everyone went for dinner and it's that's all, where you get the votes done yes <laughs> you know, the votes are well sorted that's it <laughs> well yeah, you right. just ramble out after doing these work oh, these workshops and you can sit anywhere. Like, there's just hundreds of tables. You just, no, they're not assigned. You just sit down. Me and the other Australian delegates went to sit down this table. There's this one lad standing there. And then he goes, oh, no, sorry, this is for all the Cork delegates. <laughs> one Cork prick keeping the table for the other seven Cork delegates. And no one else, only the Cork lads sat together. I was like, it fucking sums it up now. Typical. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then we, we wander down. And who comes in and sits down beside us? Frank. Frank. No, Dickie Kenny delegates. Oh, Anyone sitting here, lads? No, lads, sit down, work away. 
Do you know they're just You're all welcome you're all welcome here to that stream ju- just normal run of the mill people, no airs of graces, mix me. Just up simple up. old people like you those know cork pricks cork, cork yeah, yeah, yeah. up there, he couldn't sit down beside them and he was like, Oh fucking no, I'm not fucking one. <laughs> was, Richard, was Richard Duggan at it, I was gonna say was Frank Murphy Richard at it? Frank <laughs> Murphy was at it. Frank <laughs> Murphy was at it. He's on some rules committee. Now funny enough he wasn't sitting with the Cork delegates. Uh he was on his own mm. table. But the other interesting thing, Giggles, you like, this one, you like this one now, Giggles. Uh, I see I have my notebook here. I went to one of the workshops, which is a finance workshop around the county boards. And they spend from counties on, on counties by counties has gone up by 30% in the last three years. And now you Jeez. had last year, which is the first time ever, nine counties in Ireland ran at a deficit last year. In Ireland, was Waterford, was Waterford one of them? They didn't. Did they anonymised the the counties, but nine of them ran. So just 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 here you go. So income, uh, or I'll, go, I'll do expenditure. In two thousand twenty two, in counties in Ireland, spent thirty two million euros across the board. Million, million each, or no? Sorry, thirty one no. million for Dublin, a million for the yeah, rest. probably yeah. <laughs> oh, um, but you know, it, it, also the other big thing was. There's a central distribution fund of 7.1 million. It just gets divided by 32. So each county gets around 213,000 euros each. Whether you're Dublin or Leitrim, you get the same number each year. That's good. And no, I don't. Well, is it good? That was the question asked. Should should the likes of Leitrim be getting more, Dublin be getting less because of they're all some of these counties are running at a loss and they're running oh, yeah, at, yeah, they're running at a loss because they actually it doesn't cost them any different for Leitrim to go play. A league game against bloody Wexford in whatever compared yeah, yeah, to Dublin, yeah, yeah. It, you still have to run the bus, you still yeah. have mm. to book the hotel, you have to get the meals. It's no cheaper for Leitrim to play a league game than it is for Dublin to play a league game. So yeah. there's actually huge inequity in the system. There's huge costs in the system, and the background, the backroom teams are growing and growing and growing across the counties, and the GA are shitting themselves over because can you look at Wexford now and go? Jeez, Wexford have three strength and conditioning coaches. We've only got two. Derek Lincoln's like, oh, I, want, I want another one now. And then Kilkenny have three. And next minute, then Cork have a bloody fucking Devin. speech yeah, therapist Devin. in. Who fucking knows? <laughs> and then fucking Waffer, like, we need a fucking speech therapist. But, but that's the way it's gone. Now the backroom teams are costing more and more and more. And there's no cap on them and they're not being managed. And there's no downward pressure on it. So... The, 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 if, if, if you even link it to Formula One, right? And I know it only came in last year. We were talking about what that drives to survive. The Formula One teams have a spend cap, yeah, and they're professional. So it would only make sense for intercounty senior teams to have a spend cap or to be realistic, yeah, exactly. regardless of sponsor, regardless of funder. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that 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 it's a good point to bring up there, Liam, around the finances. Jesus, you could spend probably weeks debating it, but um, I think the spend cap. Oh yeah. So we but want they, to do they, structurally last year. Last we want to la- under 19s and we want to spend cap. Spend cap. The last the one done though was there was there was some yeah. counties who had massive surpluses. Now we they didn't name them of course, but one of the counties Harry, had Harry, a one Mayo. million euro plus surplus. Kerry Mayo in Dublin. One another one had five hundred grand plus. Another one had seven hundred grand. So I think it's Kerry Mayo in Dublin. Oh, yeah. Cork might be in there. Cork are definitely in there. They're fucking leaking money every day of the week down there. No, oh, but they've got Ed Sheeran. <laughs> it's a one year. It's a one year gig. They still have the debt, but they might have got the surplus yeah. last well, year. Which are the debt's fucking gone? Should the GA took on that? But anyway, that's another story. Oh, yeah. But 
it look it, and Sharon is here at the moment. It, it, selling out the MCG. The other big the other big topic is we'll wrap it up, we're going way over, is I- I- integration of the GA, LGFA and the Camogie. That's so when yeah. stupidity here now, like when c- can they just get together? No, no, they are. Mary McLeese is sharing the thing. It's going to happen. It's going to all fold in. But the headaches, the headaches it's causing in terms of how to actually do it. Like everyone's agreed, we'll do it, but yeah. to make it happen, it, it's going to be. F- who gets who gets to be president? Who gets to be secretary? Oh, what gets, this say? Yeah. it's all about That's power. It, yeah, yeah, it's all yeah, it's yeah. all it's all about power. But um, yeah, look, it was interesting to, to go to. Uh, look, I might never get to go to one again. Seeing it all play out and the motions and you know the way, I suppose. The fallouts of some emotion not getting up and blah 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 blah. Um, it wasn't. It was an interesting couple of days. Um, and seeing typical those Cork lads play out the way they play as well. That was interesting too. Uh, but yeah, no, it was. It was. It was. It was a good experience. I have to say. The bucket list ticked off, Liam. <laughs> bucket list. Yeah, I've peaked now. My administration career, age of thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> so who are the who are the other Australian delegates with you, Liam? Uh, Jero and uh, Nechihi and uh, yeah, yeah, Paulie McIntyre. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> right. We'll wrap, we'll, we'll wrap it up now. But yeah, Shawnee, you get your your legs sorted. Shawnee's going looking, and I'm going after Ducky there now for physio lads. Yeah, you get that leg sorted. Giggles, you get out and do a run over the weekend. I'll do one myself. We've got our we win. endurance event coming up in June. I'll have to learn how to put in the, the saying pulling up tree trunks today now. No, not tree trunks. <laughs> just not pulling up trees. He's not pulling up trees. Pulling up trees, sorry. Pulling up trees. All right. Get AGH email.com. I get AGH Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Take care.